are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. We talked a lot about cards in the NBA on the Tuesday edition of the show. We're going to flip the script and turn to women's basketball this year. Jeff Walls yet again returning a stacked roster. We'll divide it up into three segments. We'll begin with the returnees and then we will transition into the newcomers and at the very end we'll do a little bit of analysis and uh, projections in terms of outlook and stuff like that. Before we get into that, my name is Dalton Pence. For those who are not aware of who I am, I am a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a feature writer and a recruiting analyst. I also do some backup PA announcing work for various University of Louisville sports, such as baseball, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. You can follow me on Twitter at dpence underscore. You can also follow the podcast Twitter page at lo underscore Louisville. If you're an NFL fan, the season is obviously about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning on August 30th. So let's dive right on into the content. The Louisville women's basketball team suffered a a tough loss in the Elite Eight against Stanford, in which they led by, I believe, 14 at one point in the second half and ended up losing. Stanford shot the lights out in that game. But regardless, the cards look to reload and regroup for this upcoming season, 2021-22. It shows a lot of promise. The cards are returning nine players from a team ago. They do, however, lose two starters, the first one being all-time great Cardinal Dana Evans, who is in the WNBA now. They also lost Elizabeth Balagoon to transfer, who is now a Duke Blue Devil. They also ended up losing one other player, and that was Malia Williams transferring out. So the returning players read as follow, Mikasa Robinson, Kiana Smith, Alana Smith, Narika Kono, Romani Parker, Liz Dixon, Marissa Russell, Haley Van Lith, and Olivia Cochran. Now, the, the last two names that I mentioned are the ones that a lot of people are the most familiar with in super freshman and now super sophomore duo, Haley Van Lith and Olivia Cochran. Both of those players are set to make big leaps forward for this upcoming season. With no Dana Evans, there's going to be a lot more responsibilities given to Van Lith, but not only her, but also Kiana Smith. I, I think that even though they did lose Dana, they're going to return one of the top, if not the top, backcourt in the ACC, Kiana Smith being the sharpshooter she is, and I think Haley Van Lith, the point guard, is going to flourish this season with all of the shooters that they have. Um, looking to the front court is where I think a lot of the positives draw. You have the continuity with Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon. Uh, with my interview with Jeff Walls, which you can find over at cardinalsportszone.com, he commented that Liz Dixon has looked tremendous this offseason. That's definitely some good news in terms of um, the front court next year. But not only Dixon, he also raved about pretty much every one of the newcomers in the in the fact that, you know, they only get so much time for group instruction throughout the summer, but he applauded each and every one of their individual efforts to put the extra hours in and get better respectively as individuals. And I think, you know, in turn that's mutually beneficial to team success as well. So the hunger is there. The want to get better is also there, obviously. Um 
But it's very nice to return veteran leadership with Mikasa Robinson. You also have Alana Smith, who I think is going to see a bigger role than she did last year. But having a, a player like Casa back and being able to you know, utilize her skill set of being a lockdown defender, but not only that, just a very vocal leader. Every team needs one or two or maybe even three of those. Robinson is one of them, and it's going to be interesting to see who else steps up. I would think Kiana Smith uh, fills into that role, and um, one or if not both of Haley Van Lith and Olivia Cochran. A couple names that we're not necessarily hearing a ton of, or at least I'm not, when it comes to you know the fan base talking about women's basketball, Narika Kono, Romani Parker, Marissa Russell. Those three um, are kind of in some interesting spots, respectively. Kono has shown flashes of being a very good player in this system. Um, the the shot is one of the most pure shots I've seen in a while. She's got the scoring repertoire. It really just comes with consistency and repetition. Um, I think the minutes come if she can be consistent. It seems like at times she kind of disappears in games. I know that's a little easy to do when you have a player like Dana Evans who's who's pretty ball dominant in, in the way that she's able to score. But I think being able to have Kono... Um, come off the bench is a luxury for the cards. I think that she's obviously going to have a role this season. Not sure what that'll be, but I could see her being a super sub. The other two are the ones that I'm very intrigued about just because I'm not sure what to expect. Last year for Ramani Parker, you know, it was all about adding on to her frame and getting to where she has a college-ready body to be able to bang down low in the post in the ACC um, when she did get in, you could see the talent, but you could also see that there was a lot of work that needed to be done in terms of footwork, uh, very raw in the paint. It's kind of the same with Marissa Russell. Just uh, I think it's it's hard to leave your mark on a team or a rotation when you don't get that much playing time. And I'm not saying that you know this is a fault for Jeff Walls or anything like that. I'm just calling a spade a spade here and saying that you know you know struggling is one thing, but struggling to produce in limited roles when you don't get a lot of times tough. So you can't really fault the players in this sense with those limited roles and garbage time minutes. But I do think with, with a new season, there's more opportunity. Obviously, Dana Evans, you're going to have to uh, replace by committee. And Jeff Walls basically said, you know, we don't replace our stars. You know, we didn't replace Dana Evans. We didn't replace Shoney Schimmel uh, and so on and so forth. You just reload in the in the players step up. So it's going to be very interesting to see which players indeed step up for the cards. And in the returning cast of the nine, you have to obviously think that Haley Van Lith is one of those big time candidates, Olivia Cochran, Kiana Smith. When I asked Jeff Walls about, you know, who do you believe that is going to step up the most to fulfill that Dana Evans role? You know, those were the first three players he mentioned. I think that that kind of, um, goes hand-in-hand and what the fan base already thinks and that those three are going to be sort of the nucleus for next season. Um, Van Lith has, is projected to take a big leap. Uh, I know that she showed a lot of poise as a freshman. I think she could see a Dana Evans-type jump. Uh, if you remember, Dana had some moments as a freshman where she looked good, but it, it, in all reality was overshadowed by Asia Durr. Uh, Sam Furing, so on and so forth. I think now with the opportunity on table, I think Van Lith is going to shine. The same with Olivia Cochran. Now you you have a player who's one year older. She has the ACC experience under her belt and a full offseason to be able to prepare with her teammates. And I think that um, we're going to see a big jump from her as well. 
The X factor, I think, in the returnees, in my opinion, is going to be Liz Dixon. Just considering the fact that you know you have that six-five size in the middle, and if she can um, get caught up to speed, because at times it seems like uh, she was a step too slow in terms of decision making, but very efficient around the post. Um, I'd like to see her be able to expand her game a little bit more, maybe to mid-range being able to shoot from the elbow, but I think that's me just uh, having wishful thinking. What I really want to see the most from her is just comfort on both ends of the floor. Uh, With her size, she's shown that she has the ability to be a premier shot blocker. If she can become that defensive anchor like Kylie Shook was for the cards, Walls' defense is going to have a different dynamic, and at the end of the day, that's kind of what the cards are missing. They have the perimeter defenders. Um, We'll talk about some of those um, newcomers that fit that bill, but being able to have that defensive anchor in the middle is such a luxury, especially in in today's women's basketball realm where there's a ton of size down low. So, But before we get into those newcomers, let's discuss bet on the line. It's that time of year again. Yes, football season is close to being back. As always, bet online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener for the NFL between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, guess what? Your wager will be refunded up to $25, but it's only for new customers when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. If you're not a uh, sports fan, you have all of your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so let's discuss some of the newcomers for the Louisville Women's Basketball Program this season. It's an interesting mix because there's two transfers and three recruits. Um, With the one-time transfer rule, Jeff Walls and company cashed out on a big return. Uh, The first one they got was... Chelsea Hall, the Vanderbilt transfer, who's uh, scored over a thousand points for the Commodores. Uh, when I asked Jeff Walls what he thought Hall brought to the table that ultimately led Louisville's recruiter hard, you know, he admitted that this was a, a player that the Cards recruited hard coming out of high school. So um, when she hit the transfer portal, it was a no-brainer. You would expect Haley Van Litt to be the starting point guard, but adding a point guard with SEC experience, veteran leadership cannot hurt your program and it was one of those to where the um, coaching staff saw Chelsea Hall as a as a player that can knock down shots as well the other transfer is the one that I'm especially excited about and that is Emily Inksler uh, transfer out of Syracuse which if you're a women's basketball fan you understand who this is and um, are very familiar with her game because she has been very successful against the Cards in her three years in the ACC. It's actually kind of interesting. She's only six foot one. However, she is a solid shot blocker and one of the better shot blockers in the ACC. She uh, started all 31 games for the Orange as a sophomore, but was given a bench roll last year where she was voted co-sixth player of the year in conference. She is an athletic wing that can play inside out. She blocked 120 shots in three years at Syracuse, made over 73s. 
is a 3 and D wing that can play inside out. When I asked Jeff Walls about what led the cards to go after Ingsler, you know, he basically just confirmed the notion that there's a hardly a better way to scout a player than watching them play against your team, especially multiple times. So Ingsler was one of those players that the coaching staff was very excited to recruit, and when she committed was viewed as a as a game changer for the program, adding, you know, much needed athleticism and depth in the hole that Elizabeth Balagoon left. I think that uh, we could definitely see her be more successful than Balagoon in this system. There was a lot of inconsistency at the position last year. But being able to add a player that not only can knock down the deep ball, and that's something that um, you know you can't be stressed enough is you can never have too many shooters. But another thing that I feel like Louisville has lacked in, in the past couple years is having a wing that can put the ball on the hardwood and drive and finish. And I think Inksler has that toughness. She has that strength to where uh, th- this is a possibility now. And having a player who crashes the boards at the wing position you have another shot blocker on the court, and it's at the wing position, which is a huge luxury that cannot be understated. Inksler might end up being one of the better transfers in the college basketball realm this season just because this fit is like a glove for both parties. Um, looking to the three high school recruits, the uh, top one in the class, top player in the class, Peyton Verholst is going to be a phenom for the cards. Just won a gold medal with the USA U19 team in the World Cup over in Hungary. When you analyze her game, it's very simple. Uh, She is a flat-out baller. I feel like that's cliche to say, but she does all of the little things. Jeff Walls, it was was an interesting quote for me that he said, and it kind of went along the lines of she doesn't do one thing that's great but she does everything else really good and that was one of the reasons why he was so impressed with her coming out of high school and that's intriguing to me when you look at back over the past 10 years or so at the Cardinal greats of course they did things really well obviously they scored the ball really well but they were also very very sufficient at other spots as well. Dana Evans, not only a great scorer, but a good facilitator and an even better defender. Asia Durr, a good facilitator, a good defender. Shoni Schimmel, a very insightful facilitator. I mean, you can go on and on. Maisha Hines-Allen, a very good rebounder. So, I mean, not only have Cardinal Greats been such good scorers, but at the end of the day, there's more than what meets the eye as to why they are you know, so great for this program, and it, and it extends beyond scoring. Verhulst kind of has the the makings and the skill set that I think could translate into her possibly being a Cardinal great. Um, I think she's going to compete for minutes right away, whether that be as a starter alongside Van Lith and Deanna Smith or a super sub off the bench. I think, um, you know, you have a, a girl who can shoot the lights out, but not only that, she does everything else well. She makes winning plays, and as a high IQ basketball player, Peyton Verhulst is going to have a very solid career here at Louisville. Um, another recruit that the cards are bringing in, Sydney Shetnan. And I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. I'm just uh, pronouncing it how it seems to be spelled. Um, but she is going to be a dual sport player here at Louisville. She'll start out basketball this season before she plays both basketball and volleyball as a sophomore. Has a ton of size with that 6'5 frame. Um, in my opinion, has a lot of um, talent in terms of underrated footwork. 
She is able to, you know, move really well for her size. It's all about honing in on that on that development as a post player. And in my opinion, you know, the goal should be Kylie Shook. I think at this stages in their respective careers, I think that Kylie Shook was a better basketball player coming into the program, but they have very similar length. They are both very similar in stature and size. And um, I think that they both came into the program with underrated footwork. So hopefully, you know, if time is a lesson that we have learned from, you know, the past that, you know, there is a possibility for success, you know, fitting that uh, Kylie Shook role. And then the final recruit of the class, Alexia Mobley, who just joined the program. Um, actually, Jeff Walls broke the news and saying that, yeah, she's going to reclassify to the 2021 class, originally part of the 2022 class, and she will be on campus for classes, which have already started. So she's on campus, moved in last weekend, and she will redshirt this season, or at least that is the intention to give her the opportunity after graduating high school a year early as one of the top in her class. She is able to join the program, get her body right, get into the college conditioning program, and just being able to compete with these players on a day-in, day-out basis is going to do wonders for her development individually. She's a 6'2 combo guard slash wing that can dunk. Um, She's got a ton of athleticism. I think she's a very solid defender. Um, At the end of the day, it's going to be about unlocking that offensive identity. Uh, She does a lot of things well. Uh, I'd like to see um, perimeter shot, but there's a ton of athleticism. Like I mentioned with Emily Inksler, bringing in athletic wings that can drive and penetrate to the basket, I think is a very valuable skill that Louisville has been lacking over the past couple years and bringing in a player of that skill set. And she's not the only one. There's more to come in that 2022 class. But the newcomers are very bright in terms of that core being able to help out this team right away. Um, You have the four, I think, that Verholst, Inksler and Hall are going to immediately contribute. Shetnan is going to be more of a project player that might be geared toward year two. And then Mobley is the same way with her intention of redshirting. Before we talk about overall outlook and projections, let's talk first about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever that has nine flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. Uh, when you talk to a Built Bar fan like myself, we're definitely passionate about our favorites. There are a handful of flavors such as coconut, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, etc. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors or you're just kind of interested in a handful of different ones, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have about 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, along with 4 grams of net carbs. You can order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Alright, so we talked about the returnees, we talked about the newcomers, let's just kind of give an overall outlook. Uh, first, I want to start off with what the starting five is going to look like, or at least my prediction of it. Uh, my gut is telling me it's going to be Haley Van Lith and Kiana Smith at the guard positions, with Emily Inksler playing the three, and then you have Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon at the four and five, respectively. Um, alternatively, if that is not the case, I think we may see Emily Inksler at the four and Olivia Cochran at the five with either Chelsea Hall or Peyton Verhol sliding into that other three guard uh, type lineup. 
But regardless, I do think that um, you know you have Haley, Kiana, Inksler, and um, Cochran starting. Regardless, it's the other spot could be interchangeable. But in terms of overall outlook, I don't think I'm surprising anyone when I say that the objective is to finally get over the hump and win a national championship. The program has been flirting with one for quite some time now. Um, this is one of you know Jeff Walls' most stacked teams up and down um, from top to bottom in terms of potential contributors. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's going to be all about the product that they put on the floor. So uh, I do think that Louisville is going to win the ACC this year over NC State, Florida State, and uh, the other contending programs. Uh, I do think that this is going to be a team that gets a top two seed in the NCAA tournament. At the end of the day, two things are going to have to be accomplished. Number one, you're going to have to have some of the returnees step up. I think that Haley Van Lith, Olivia Cochran are going to have to take the next steps in their respective games. And I also think on the opposite side of the spectrum, you're going to have to have you know Chelsea Hall and Emily Inksler be players that you know contribute. Maybe not necessarily, you know, I'm not saying they have to be all ACC caliber players, but players that are able to fill roles. I think that Haley Van Lith is going to be all ACC first team. Um, I do think that Olivia Cochran could herself into consideration along with Kiana Smith. But the non-conference schedule is, I think, where we're going to see, uh, maybe not right away, what the ceiling is for this team. Just because teams get better, obviously, as the season progresses. But we kind of get an idea of the caliber that this team is going to be able to uh, possess. When when you look at the non-conference schedule, there's a lot of big-time games. They're going to play UConn. They're going to play national runners-up Arizona. Michigan's on the schedule. Kentucky is back on the schedule. There's um, you know six opponents in that non-conference slate that reached the postseason last year. Um, when you look at Arizona game will be neutral held at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, the UConn game, however, is going to be on the road. Well, I say that it's not necessarily a, a true road game. They're not playing in stores, but they are playing in Us Uncastville, Connecticut, uh, in the Basketball Hall of Fame Women's Showcase. So we will see, you know, how these neutral site games go. But there's a ton of opportunity here in the non-conference slate for the uh, women's basketball team to show that they're for real once again. Uh, I don't think that that's going to be an issue with them. They're going to show that every single year under Jeff Walls. And speaking of Jeff Walls, you know, we talk about coach continuity, but you know, you got to give, uh, you know, a very big round of applause for him for what he's been able to do with this women's basketball program along with the other members of the coaching staff throughout uh, his tenure starting in 2007 the culture here at Louisville not only within the university but the fan base as a whole within the city the women's basketball market has you know progressed gradually and gradually and you know with Louisville being one of the Best markets for you know not only women's basketball but college basketball in general. You know you're able to bring fans back into the stands this year, or so to speak. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen between now and November, and it seems like COVID is starting to rear its ugly head once again. You know, worse and worse with the new Delta variant. So it's wishful thinking to believe that you know this this team is going to be able to utilize a home court advantage once again with the the crazy fan base that they have. But at the end of the day, it's it's so hard to predict. But this is a team with national championship aspirations. 
and for good reason. They return a lot of experience. You know, nine players is a lot, and uh, some of these players, you know, contributed immensely last year. You bring in four newcomers that are going to play immediately, uh, three for sure, and then Shetnan, if, if you're able to get some good minutes out of her, that is just icing on the cake for the cards. But at the end of the day, this is a rotation that could end up going, you know, 10, 11 deep. And, um, you know, there's a lot of honest meshes in terms of skill sets. There's you have your shooters and you also now have your athletic wings. You have your traditional bigs in the post. You know, like I said, there's nothing that the cards are truly lacking. I think if, if there's one question I have is who is going to step up the most in the, the Dana Evans absence uh, in terms of the starting point guard, is it going to be by committee like you know, it possibly will be with you know Chelsea Hall, Haley Van Lith, Peyton Verholst, or is you know is Van Lith going to assume most of the point guard duties? I'm also interested to see Kiana Smith with an upgraded role and how some of the younger players, like I mentioned, Marissa Russell and Ramani Parker, are able to progress as well. But at the end of the day, there should be no expectations lower than at least a top two finish in the ACC. I know that NC State is obviously really good with Westmore at the helm once again. So if you're saying that you know anything under a top two finish in the ACC is on the table, I mean I get things happen, but I don't think you're I think you're doing a disservice to the program because it's very clear that Louisville, you know, year in year out, is in that top two finish area. Um, in terms of the national landscape, like I mentioned, I think that this is a uh, number one or number two seed in the postseason, really just kind of depending on the strength of schedule and being able to build up those out-of-conference wins with UConn, Arizona, Kentucky, Michigan on the schedule, and um, also you know not having any bad losses in conference. I feel like that's one of the things that hurt the Cards last year is not necessarily having a ton of quality wins, and that kind of put them in the, in the two range. But, um, you know, like I said, top two finish in the conference, uh, a top two seed in the NCAA tournament, so one of the top eight teams. And I think at the very least, it has to be another Elite Eight run. I understand, you know, well, Dalton, why is it not a Final Four run? Well, I mean, once you get to the Elite Eight, you know, you're facing the, you know, either a one or two seed, and, you know, you might be running into a, a Stanford or you know, a UConn or something like that. So I, I'm comfortably putting it at Elite Eight, anything. Under lead eight should be um, you know unsatisfactory, but you know anything after that obviously with championship aspirations, elite eight is kind of where I'm putting the floor for this team. So overall, we kind of broke down the uh, program outlook for this year for the Louisville women's basketball team. We took a peek at the returning players, we analyzed the newcomers, and we just kind of gave our overall projections on what the season could look like in a, in a couple different fronts. Uh, before we get out of here, be sure to follow. The podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. My personal Twitter is at Deepence underscore. I want to give a shout out to a pair of podcasts. The first one being the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, which I actually serve as a co-host. Along with Jeremy Wallman, Joe Wallman, Sean Barber, Sam Baisden, Wes Brown. There's a ton of unique personalities in that room that mesh really well with each other. Go and get your weekly dose of Louisville sports along with your comic relief as well. Just very good vibes there. You can follow that Twitter at Card Sports Zone. I also want to give a shout out to Locked on Bets. 
when you bet, it doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Be sure to follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Wherever you like to get your podcasts, that's going to do it all for us on this Wednesday edition of the show. We're back to football talk tomorrow. We hope everyone has a good day, and we'll hopefully catch you on Thursday.